Hello, everybody. Welcome to UGA Sports Live. My name is Rodney Nabolsi. I'm your host for the next hour or so. I'm joined by Dane Young, a super up-and-coming professor at UGA, well, at least an employee of the University of Georgia and a longtime uh, employee of UGASports.com. And uh, we appreciate him running uh, the show for us. Without him, we'd be kind of screwed. And, of course, the person you are all here to see, Coach Jim Donnan, former Georgia Bulldogs head coach, Hall of Famer, uh, legend, and uh, – that title is rightfully earned because he is absolutely he's a legend and uh, he's uh, just had a birthday recently. I've got a birthday coming up. Let me see if my, I can get a bigger cake than he did. I don't think it's possible, but uh, we're, we're going to try. Uh, it's, uh, it's always a competition with Coach. <laughs> yeah, I had a really good cake thanks to uh, some of my friends, uh, Nate or Nat or however you want to pronounce it. I call him <laughs> Nat and, and Nate, but uh, yeah. did a good job for me and he's always given me some nice things to keep up with UGA and what a loyal supporter he is of the program and our program. You know, he comes and watch, but uh, yeah, he comes and sits here in the classic city. There's not a lot happening around my neck of the woods, so I don't keep up with things like Roddy does, but I I just got a question for him right off the bat because he's uh, the uh, personnel man on uh, UGA sports. So, and why would a coach that uh, just won the national championship uh, and uh, take a lateral move to a program that's really on, uh, you know, tough tough situation there, and they just hired a new defensive coordinator, so there's really not that much chance to move up. So what? why would you take a lateral move like that unless – I really don't know what happened there. Well, and let's reset, Roddy, before – just so people, if they're tuning in, and Jamal Adai – Georgia's defensive backs coach uh, going to Miami. So that's what we're talking about. Uh, Adai, here's the thing. It's not really a surprise to the readers of UGA Sports because we told them on January 11th, 12th, 13th, right after the uh, bowl game, we said, look, uh, here's what we're hearing on Jamila Adai. He is not going to be coaching at Georgia next year. Not in a mean way, not that he's been fired. He just, it's just, he's not going to be here. And here's some names of guys to watch, you know. Uh, we just, I mean, we told people a month ago that this was going to happen. So it's funny to see a lot of breaking news stories yesterday. Jamila died, not expected to be back at UGA. I'm like, that shit broke a month ago. Where, where were you guys at? But anyway, I, I, te- I tease, uh, but it's, it's changed up. And coach, I mean, you, you know this better than I do. Sometimes, you know, things just don't work out. But if, I'm with you. If you're going from a, if you're not getting a promotion, you're going from a national championship team to a team that's being rebuilt. I, it's not going to be a situation where Miami's going to come out and outpay Georgia. That's, I don't see that happening. They just, they've never really been up with the, the big spenders. So you're going from a, a better situation to a lesser situation, or at least when it comes to where you're at. I mean, you just want a national title versus having to build towards one. And you're not getting a personal pay raise or pers- – uh, uh, more, hey, more policies. Gotten, I just don't. I don't see it. Kurt. I don't. I don't understand. To me, the writing's on the wall. I, I don't want to say anything to, to get me to, to be wrong. But to me, I'm just reading between the lines. That just looks like it just didn't work out, and, and that's the only way I can yeah. put it. It's just you're, I don't more see that. Atlanta makes sense. More than likely, based on what you said, that that's probably what happened. I haven't kept up with it, but uh, I just can't see Miami. He's making 500. Here's what I looked up. I, they might pay him a little more, but. Here's the thing for Georgia people that everybody needs to understand that I can say as a coach here, knowing that we've got a very 
outstanding athletic director who is on top of everything. Our president is behind the head coach. Look at what all we've done here. So if if it was a financial situation, I would say that Georgia would more than make that move if they wanted to keep him. And, uh, you know, it's a situation where the guy is uh, – you know, would feel more comfortable not being here or uh, who knows. But I that I don't want anybody to wring their hands saying, well – why don't we try to keep him? Uh, look, if we wanted to keep him, his ass would be here. <laughs> That's uh, what, exactly what I was saying, Coach. When you read between the lines, you're going from a uh, you're not you're not going up in programs. You're not going up I in mean, jobs. If he, want, if he wanted to stay, you know, yeah. but he it might that he just feels you got Kirby helping with the defensive backs. You got Muschamp, all of a sudden was not a full time coach and became one with the Cochran situation. It really wasn't the same situation that he was hired into and all of a sudden he's coaching the corners and Muschamp's coaching the safeties and and Muschamp's taking over a lot of recruiting for the DB and um, Hartley's doing the same thing with Singletary and you know those things happen but you got a head coach here that that takes charge and he can he can figure out what he needs to do and we had some young DBs and he, he worked around that so I would just say that what we need to do right now is FIDO, forget it and on and uh, understand that Kirby will get uh, a secondary coach. They're stacked up wanting to come here. So I, I'm not really worried about that. We'll, we'll get a good recruiter, which uh, Adai was, but uh, I don't think he's the second best recruiter in the country. Uh, based on the fact, he's not in a top four or five on our own staff. So, uh, as far as results, but he gets credit for some guys that he didn't recruit. I mean, yeah. just because everybody just assumes that because he's a secondary coach, but gets a lot of those. I, I mean, I made that assumption early on, coach. I thought that this guy was bringing in everybody until we actually, you know, you know start reading their stories and yeah. talking about. Uh, I, I spoke to Kirby. I talked to Will Muschamp, you know, and they would mention a coach, coach and die too, but they were really. Uh, the recruits who signed with Georgia were really uh, gung ho yeah, on uh, actually talking did, to Kirby himself. The guy did a good job. I mean, hey, yep. anyway, you look at it, it, it. Well, let's give him credit for that. And uh, but I think we got to be careful about giving him too much credit. Uh, nobody, <laughs> nobody wins uh, all these products on a championship team. The players deserve that. Uh, Lanning did a great job, Coach Newman. Trey Scott, all those guys. They, I mean, they had a tremendous defense. So, if he wants to go, to Miami, if he wants to go to Miami and go down there and and fight for playing the horse bowl next year, let him go. Let's go for it. Let's see if they make it. But uh, yeah, I think it's also a good time, coach. Right now, is if coming off a national championship, if you're a coach on that staff, you know, you are very, very coveted. You know, they're like, I don't know, how, yeah, how do you guys knows- do it? <laughs> Go somewhere as a defensive coordinator, or, or have all these jobs, have all these jobs offered to you. Like Schumann did. I mean, Schumann had right. a chance. He had like four chances, did he not? I mean, I lost coach there for a second. I'll look at it this way, though. If you're making an assistant coach trade and you get BMAC from uh, Miami and you lose a die to Miami, I, you know, if, if it's a trade like that, Georgia <laughs> probably comes out in the good, especially in the recruiting game. 
yeah, give me Coach uh, BMAC anytime. That's a uh, uh, that that's a huge hire there. And I know a lot of people have talked about. Oh well, he and Kirby don't get along. I'm like, oh, you mean uh, two world class recruiters or two you know type A personalities, two guys uh, want to be head coaches, uh, recruiting the state of Georgia. You know, went head to head and uh, argued over a, a possible commit or a possible uh, uh, recruit. Shocking. <laughs> oh, I remember Kirby and uh, Mike Bobo going uh, head to head over. Uh, uh, Malcolm Mitchell and Jay Rome and guys like that and uh, uh, yeah, it's it, it, it happens. But again, they're they're at the end of the day, you're professionals. There are people on the uh, uh, on the beat that I try I try to beat them every day, but I consider them to be friends. You know, we we would go head to head trying to break a story, but I still you know still would love to hire those people and have them on my staff. You know, and vice versa. So. Uh, you, you can't worry about uh, some of the stuff like that. But I'm with you. Getting uh, Brian McClendon, I don't know if we talked about that last week, but I thought that was that's a huge pickup. Um, well, you know, the other thing that I thought about, and maybe this is just because of my coming of age of watching Georgia football a lot in the Rick era, is you start looking at these guys that played at Georgia that are now like super successful coaches. Yeah. And obviously the ones that, that played for Coach Don in here, when you start to talk about the Kirby Smarts of the world, but the next generation of that. I mean, Joe Cox just gets hired in Alabama. Christian Robinson is, you know, in his third SEC job, fourth, I think now at, at Auburn. Um, there's a lot of guys that played at Georgia in the 2000s and the 2010s that are now really good head coaches. And so to see Thomas Brown in the Super Bowl, you're seeing that that there as well. Uh, Kirby's building that for the next generation too. Yeah, you know, a thing that's really interesting to me, which I don't want to take anything away dictator, but in 2020, what was uh, South Carolina's record? It wasn't great. I know they – maybe what, they win three games or – I mean, it was yeah, it was enough, only like three or four. Not enough to keep Will on there, which I wish he could have stayed. But uh, from a perspective here, the nineteen, the two thousand twenty national championship team was Alabama, and the two thousand twenty two team for Alabama has not one, not one, not three, but four assistant coaches now new coaches on their staff that all coached at South Carolina in 2020. So, you know, it's obvious that Coach uh, Muschamp had some good coaches there. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, Jimmy Sexton has, has his represents all of them, and Nick listens to Jimmy. So, hey, all of a sudden you got Joe, good young coach, Travis Robinson, good uh, the line coach from Kentucky, who was coached one year in Kentucky, was at, at South Carolina in 2020, and and also uh, the the uh, special teams guy from Ole Miss, who was at South Carolina. Well, Nick's got four of those people, four people over there. Uh, I mean, when they come to work every day, they they got to be humming that South Carolina fight song. I don't. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, that, that's crazy. I, I never really realized that they had four of those guys over there. That's uh, that's why we love having Coach on because he keep, keep catches stuff like that all the time that I completely miss. Uh, I do want to mention Georgia has a new guy on staff. Um, yeah. I'm going to try to get this name down. Uh, Chidera Uzo Deribe. De, yeah, Uzo Deribe. 
uh, very, very young guy uh, out of uh, TCU. Uh, we know that they were looking at Cal um, uh, uh, Pope, you know, from Memphis. They checked him out. Uh, uh, Chadera came in, apparently blew, blew him away with the uh, his uh, uh, interview there. So they brought in a new guy. That's the new Dan Lanning replacement. And uh, let's bring Coach him because I want to ha- ask him a question about the um, uh, coach. They got uh, this young guy. Oops, we lost him again. Uh, yeah, I think we're having some internet issues with Coach. Uh, yeah. But w- once we get him back, we'll we'll go with this well, route. Here, Let, let's give the resume for uh, Chidera Uzo Deribe though, because one thing that I thought when I saw Colorado on there, I'm like, oh, is this a, a Mel Tucker guy? They didn't overlap. And, and as far as I can tell, Roddy, there isn't a direct connection from him to one of the primary coaches at, at Georgia. Uh, and so this is really a respect through the industry kind of hire. No, that, exactly. That's kind of what, when I was looking up uh, that Kyle Pope guy, Memphis, you know, we saw that he had coached at Alabama previously. And uh, I thought Anthony Dasher did a great job talking to a couple of, uh, you know, people that knew Chidera pretty well. They, they either were uh, coached by him or played with him, and they just uh, raved about the guy. And talking to people in the industry, they're very, they said, look, this guy's an absolute up-and-comer. He relates to kids. He's a strong recruiter. And I think it's good that, you know, Kirby's got uh, – yeah, you can go out and get someone uh, you know, super established. But a lot of these names, guys, you just don't – didn't know. I mean, nobody knew really who Dan Lanning was. That's not a shot against him. It's just he wasn't a, a really well-known. And now he was – I mean, he's got the Oregon job. Um, when Kirby goes in on some of these young guys, and again, you know, uh, you could point to a, a, a Jamil Adai and say, well, you know, he wasn't that well-known, but it didn't work out with him. Well, here's the thing. Look at all the guys who've moved up. You know the, um, like I said, the Mel Tucker's of the world, the uh, uh, Sam Pittman's of the world. I mean, Kirby's bringing in. He, he when he can get a big name, he does. You know, getting Sam Pittman was huge. You know, but when he brings in a guy that you don't know, just accept the fact that maybe his Rolodex is a little bit bigger than you know, especially for someone like us who follows one team. I don't know. I mean, when Coach brings up. Hey, four guys at South Carolina that are on the staff now. I didn't even realize that. I, could, I thought I thought two of them. So the people within the industry are pretty high on Chidera. And if, Kirby, if he's good enough for Kirby, he should be good enough for the rest of us. Yeah, I want to make a point on that. I don't know what's happened to my internet. I just went over there and see, you know, if I paid my bill or something. But I apologize. <laughs> but uh, uh, chaps yep. my ass to come in and off. But uh, here's the thing. Uh, I checked out uh, – people before that we've hired through my contacts. But what I always like is when somebody unsolicited sends me something. You know, it's not like, hey, tell me about Roddy Nabolsi. And they say, who? Where, what is, who is that? No, well, no, basically, I, I didn't even do anything on this uh, new guy that's a defensive end coach because I, I hadn't really heard much about him. But right off the bat, a guy that it's probably as loyal a guy as I've ever had was a manager for me at Marshall used to do everything, but clean up the, he did everything. And I got him a job at Iowa state as assistant equipment manager. And he ended up going to TCU as equipment manager. And then he moved up to ops. And now he's got a similar role to uh, Jonas Jennings here, player development. But as soon as that guy was announced, he sent me a text and said, Coach, you're getting a real big-time guy here. said, he's a, he's somebody on the move. He's really a good guy. He's a good recruiter. 
and he really relates well to the players. Now, I don't need that uh, to share that with you except to tell you I like it when somebody tells me that unsolicited. Also, I got one from a coach at Colorado who's no longer there that was there with him, and he was very high on his personal skills, on his genuineness, just things like that. As soon as he was hired within like 30 minutes of when I got that other text, and I haven't talked to that guy in a year. So when you get two of those like that, that pretty much tells me that uh, we're on the move here. And and you look at what Kirby did there. You got to look at everybody's talking about what's he going to do with Cochran? What are we going to do with Muschamp? What are we going to do with that? But it was pretty obvious that he was going to hire a really good, young, talented guy to help in recruiting and, and also somebody to develop that had some – pass rush skills being a defensive line and defensive end guy. So they brought in several people, including a guy uh, I didn't know, but I read where Roddy said they brought in a guy from Memphis and, and who did that. And, and so we don't know who all they interviewed, but it was just an idea that uh, very selective. And um, so I could see the staff set up as far as what I see, continue to, con- to have the, the, uh, special teams handled by assistant coaches and these analysts that are, we lost Robbie Disher, but we brought a guy in from Duke, but those guys doing that, like Hartley on the pun and Del McGee on the kickoff return, all that stuff. And, uh, and then have two defensive co-coordinators and Muschamp coaching the safeties and Schumann coaching the linebackers, bringing another secondary coach. And that's the way I see the staff alignment. I, I, I feel like Cochran will continue here, but maybe in an analyst role. But he could be on the field, but um, I don't see that happening. And, you know, you mentioned probably while I wasn't on here about bringing in uh, BMAC, that's a good move. He, he, he knows what George is all about. It won't take him long to get on the road and really help our recruiting. I think Hankton got a, a bad rap on that to, to some extent because – you look at all the things he did off the field with these dogs for pups, the way he rallied the community, the, the way he handled kids. Uh, and, you know, our system was not conducive to recruiting a lot of receivers until Munkin got here. So Munkin's gotten some guys that I think along with Hankton. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, but that's a good hire. He'll, he'll blend in, and that's what you got to have, continuity. Uh, you don't want some guy coming in here that thinks he's going to be the coordinator and all that. You got one in Monk in there, and it's tough for uh, for uh, Faulkner because uh, you know he he's kind of in the middle here because he's put, he's put two hard years in as a as a, an analyst, and and then you, you bring in another uh, receiver coach. But uh, I hope we can get another year out of Faulkner. He's turned down some good jobs this year. I mean, he had a chance to go really? to. Two- Memphis uh, wanted to, you know, talk to him uh, several places. But, uh, you know, he likes his role and his family likes it here. And he's like pennies from heaven having a coach like him, just like Jay Johnson we had. So we've got a strong staff and Kirby's blending it here. We've got some new people in the operations department. Uh, you know, Neelan Raper, uh, uh, Neelan's going to be the uh, – Ops guy, and he's brought in a young guy from Purdue that he knows. They moved uh, Anna Corson up, who's a really aspiring young, talented girl. That's a young lady. It's going to do a good job. So 
everything's going good here, and uh, we'll get a good secondary coach. He might yeah, I thought I was connected. He might surprise me. He might surprise me on the Cochran situation. I don't know. But don't take that for, for any, you know, being as a solid truth or not. But uh, I just That's think you got a guy like Will Muschamp, seven years head coach in the Eastern Division of your same conference, one game, one play away from playing for the national championship as a head coach, a head coach, an assistant uh, defensive coordinator on national championship teams. Uh, and you got a chance for him to be an analyst and to move up and be your co-defensive coordinator in one year, that's pretty strong. And then particularly losing landing, but keeping shooting was big. And now we got Bobo coming in who I'm telling you now, uh, but most camp did a good job communicating to Kirby both. Uh, Bobo will do the same. I mean, uh, it'll be it'll be really good. So, I think our staff right now, even though we've lost guys like Tucker and Landing and and uh, Pittman, I just feel like we got this. If, if we get the right guy here for the secondary, I feel like we got the strongest staff as anybody in the country. Well, and Roddy, I even noticed just in the potential recruiting footprint when you have a must champ, when you bring in a Bobo. When you bring in Brian McClendon, they obviously all know the state of Georgia about as well as you can. So getting someone like Uzo Deribe, who most of his experience is in the middle of the country, in Kansas, in Colorado, in Texas, that can be a, a, an accent for Georgia. And obviously Mike Bobo would know a lot about Colorado recruiting as well. Uh, but you start to see kind of the national footprint that's built from this spot. Um, you know, Georgia lost a little bit from South Florida when James Coley left, but you're kind of gaining in some other places now, and, and this is a national operation. Hey, make, no, make no mistake about what we lost with Coley. All you got to do is look at what A&M he just, he just signed Smart Stewart. I mean, come on. Uh, they got two of the top five guys in in, uh, in Florida there, Texas A&M. So that, that was a big loss recruiting-wise, but I, I will say this, and uh, I'm going to stop talking, but I'm trying to talk as much as I can so I don't lose the internet so y'all can hang, but uh, I, I feel like this about Mike Bobo, uh, which Muschamp did last spring uh, before he was hired full-time, just contacting people that he knows and talking to them about, look, I haven't been here in Georgia. Uh, uh, you know, I've been to these other places, but now I see what we got here. It's unbelievable. I mean, the first day that Mike Bobo was here with his official visit with his uh, son, and I had a chance to see him over there. I guess it's the second day he spent the night on Friday. And then uh, he was talking about, I can't believe all the stuff we got here, Coach. He was talk, calling me Coach because I was his coach. And he's right. I mean, we, we got a unbelievable uh, facilities and really got a lot of staff people to supplement. And he will be good because – he knows all these high school coaches. I mean, he grew up with them with his dad, kind of like Kirby and kind of like Muschamp. So we have fortified the state of Georgia with our contact role here with these guys. Just uh, And it doesn't matter that these guys can't be on the road, just the fact that they're calling them or when they come here. Let's just say Danes is coached from East Texas and he comes in here to watch spring practice. Well, Mike Bobo just walks around with him and talks to him. I mean, that's invaluable. I mean, he can't coach on the field, but he takes that guy out and, uh, you know, 
points out things to him about the way we coach or show some tape to him or it's just really a, a big lick for us to have him here. Just like we got must temp last year. I, I think getting Mike Bobo here is huge. And I did, that was right before you dropped out. My question was going to be, are they, do they bring in a secondary coach kind of just, or do they switch it up? You know? So thank you for answering that. That's a, a big help. Cause I wasn't sure what they would do if they were just. Uh, say, I, think, hey. I think we, uh, I mean, I, I, I would say, Ask me a rhetorical question. <laughs> nah, that's good. Well, I thought maybe there's like, are they going to say, are they going to bring in a secondary coach? Are they going to bring in a secondary coach? Yes. Okay. Well, I thought maybe it was like, hey, you've got the defense kind of covered. Maybe this gives you room for an extra office of coach, maybe like just a uh, quarterback's coach. How many, like want, how many you want on offense? You got Bobo and Faulkner over there to go with us. <laughs> Well, that's the point you made. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't thought about it that way, but you, you have five full-time coaches on offense. Plus, you got three off-the-field quarterback guys. You got <laughs> Montgomery Van Gorder. You got oh yeah, forgot about him. Faulkner. You got uh, Bobo. I mean, and you got uh, Munkin. You got four quarterback guys, and you got the the one guy that uh, worked that was a GA that I don't think he's going to stay here from Miami who did a good job. If he stays here, you got five guys with the quarterbacks. I mean, everybody would have a quarterback, have their own personal <laughs> guy walking around with him. So I, I don't many, see a problem with that. That's a good idea. How many more you want? Then you got a GA for offensive line who's going to stay. You got a, a, a analyst for the receivers. You got an analyst for the running backs. Uh, you got a shoe shine boy. You got you know, what else you want? So I mean, you got everything. Uh, speaking of getting everything, I don't if I have uh, Dane there pull up our ad for uh, Dead Soxie. I'm going to mention our friends over there because uh, today's the 8th. Valentine's Day is coming. It's going to be here very, very soon. And I know a lot of you, like myself, are not prepared for it. You don't have uh, – you haven't really thought of what you're going to do. You don't want to be the guy buying the uh, gas station rose, you know, the little uh, – at the counter at the last second. You so haven't you done have, that before, have you? No, no, no. You're like, I'm sure she'd like a gallon of milk. You know, yeah. No. So don't be that guy. Swing by our friends at Dead Soxy. They have a, a fantastic deal going on for really, really comfortable socks. It's a Valentine's Day sale. It's 30% off site-wide. So everything in there, you won't get you get 30% off. The uh, coupon code is FOOTSY, F-O-O-T-S-Y. So think about playing FOOTSY with your significant other. And you can get her those fantastic uh, True State Technology socks, the ones with the uh, the super soft yarn that are made on those great uh, uh, Lanelli machines. You'll really enjoy the feel of them, and, uh, the fact that they stay up. She'll love them. Or, hey, drop a hint. She doesn't know what to get you. Think about it. You go out and get what you want. If you're a guy, if you're like me, and you can, it's within reason affordable, when you decide you want something, you go get it. So... If you haven't ordered these already and you know you'd like some, just drop a hint. Tell her what you want. Let her get you those socks, especially the Georgia uh, theme socks. Those are fantastic. You'll absolutely love them. Again, uh, 30% off with code FTSE. Also want to mention our friends out at uh, uh, Athens Ford. They are uh, they still have vehicles. I was going to say they're running out there. They're running low on vehicles because so many people are out there picking them up. Uh, it's insane the uh, used car market. Dane, I'll let you touch in on this, but the fact that uh, there are still a goodly number of them out at uh, Athens Ford as compared to everyone else, 
I mean, it's, it's a tight market, but they have more than anybody, more than anybody I've seen, at least in town. So they also have the best service. So if you need a new or pre-owned vehicle, check out our friends at Athens Ford. Uh, Dane, have you found anything? Yeah, so we've been in the car market for a bit, and, and it's just crazy to me that, like, frankly, for money, it looks like if you can find a, a lot with some new vehicles, you're probably going to get better financing, you're going to get a better deal, and like you said, in the Athens area, you just drive around, it, you see more vehicles in the lot at Athens Ford that they, they can get you in a vehicle faster than anyone else, and uh, we've been on the hunt a little bit ourselves and uh, haven't found quite the thing yet, but I promise you uh, Athens Ford is the first place on my list to go check out and say, Hey, how many car seats can I fit in that Bronco? Cause that's really what I want. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, let's set up some of the questions if you would, Dan, cause I know we had some people uh, drop them in there. Yeah. So uh, we did ask for questions over ugasports.com. Of course, most of them on the topics we've been talking about, uh, which is the assistant coaches. So let's uh, go with this for Moss Dog 96. What do you think the percentage sits at right now that Todd Munkin uh, and there's all the NFL jobs out there with those getting filled? What's the chance that Todd Munkin returns to Georgia, not taking an offensive coordinator job in the NFL? Yeah, I would say they barely diminished as far as. Um, First of all, he's very happy here. He seems to really like it uh, working for in this role. Uh, but, you know, he would like to be an NFL head coach, I'm sure, or college head coach. But uh, a lot of it's just timing in the NFL. I mean, you got to get a guy that you have a relationship, like he had one with the, uh, the uh, head coach at Tampa. Uh, you just never know. Uh, but I would say the more guys that, these jobs are feel are filled the the lesser uh, chance that he's going to be have an opportunity and it'd have to be a really good one for him to leave but based on the talent we got coming back the schedule uh, career path he's on um, you know it could happen tomorrow though one of his best friends might get one of these last three jobs you never know but I would say less than 20 percent maybe maybe less than that so I think all of the NFL head coaching vacancies are now filled. So it's pretty much would he become one of their offensive coordinators. I thought Jacksonville would be one to watch, but with that being Doug Peterson, he's an offensive guy. You know, I don't know how that could potentially work out. So there's still a couple left, aren't there? I mean, uh, uh, Saints got hired, Saints. and the Texans. Uh, what else is left? I thought there was. I I think they're all filled now. Minnesota got, took that guy from. Uh, some kindergarten. Uh, no, seriously. <laughs> Can you believe the guy's 35 years old? I mean, surely, uh, if you look at that Washington staff back in 2011 and 12, I mean, everybody's on the offensive staff now, pretty much head coach. And I don't even know what their record was with Mike Shanahan, but, you know, you got, got a lot of good guys off that tree. And uh, we'll have to see if Kentucky gets loses their offensive coordinator back to the, to the, uh, Rams because you know he was there as a second or third guy and the Rams OC just got the uh, Vikings job so we'll just we'll have to see what happens there yeah because we'll need Eddie Graham to come uh, be the coordinator yeah. of Georgia yeah. <laughs> Eddie, that's another one we had on the internet boy that's unbelievable uh, uh, as to that question, though, I do want to say that uh, one of my people told me that uh, Todd Market actually turned down a nice job in the NFL um, or turned down at least an option. I, mean, I think it's just like with Glenn Schumann. He's got a lot of uh, options of you know, people that reach out to him. But I think Coach nailed it when it says it's got to be the timing's got to be right and the fit has got to be right. When you have a great situation like you do at Georgia, 
it's not like you're fighting to get out of there. It's like, hey, worst case scenario, I stick around and play for another national title. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the other thing that I don't think people take into consideration. And uh, I, I'm not doing an infomercial for Athens or Georgia, but there's a lot more than just coaching a football team. I mean, you've got a family. You couldn't bring them up in any better situation. Like in Todd Muckins case, he's got a son that's in college now, but but I mean, in Schumann's case, he's got two young kids. Uh, his uh, his in-laws live in Atlanta. I mean, his, his mother and dad live in Texas and come over here. There's just a lot of quality things about being a Georgia coach. Uh, if you're uh, if you got kids in junior high or little league sports, I mean, it just you you got to be careful when you move your family and uproot them and take them into another situation just to go chase a dream that might not happen when you got a reality here. So I think people need to uh, give us a little credit here for the, for what's around here. And uh, I think the same thing's true with Kirby as far as career. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of pro teams that have reached out to him, I'm sure. But uh, there's a lot to be said about your wife going to school here, your, your mother and dad living close, your kids. So, uh, and, you know, money's one thing, but uh, quality of life is so important. And I don't think you can have much more of an indicator than all of the ex-coaches still live here that coached here in the last 40 years. So uh, that's can't get rid of you guys. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> hey, add Brian McClendon to that list as the interim head coach for the bowl game, right? <laughs> That, yeah, another head coach back in Athens. Love it. Yeah, Brian and Glenn Mason's coming over here for for a show for a little while, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I saw Glenn Mason several times over the years. <laughs> the best one that I've never said on on TV, or, or I consider this TV, but uh, uh, the coach at at uh, Northwestern. Uh, I'm trying to think what his name was. Look at that. Pat Fitzgerald? No, before Pat. I mean, he was – and he, he coached out at Colorado, too. He went from Northwestern to Colorado, and uh, he interviewed here before Mason and uh, Coach Dooley and some people brought him in. And so I saw him on, on a Nike coaches clinic about a year after I took the job, and he, he had stayed at Northwestern. And uh, – he said, how do you like that job? And I said, oh, it's great. He said, what must be good? You get a membership in the Masters. I mean, somebody told him <laughs> to get a membership in the Masters to be the coach here. And I said, that's no BS. I said, I said, I guarantee you, if I could get that perk, I would have already taken it. I wasn't available for me. But he said, well, that's what that's what I've heard I could get. You know, and I said, well, you had a little bit more power than, than I did. I was kind of a reject guy they took it the last but uh, can you believe he thought he got a membership in the masters are we talking gary barnett yeah gary i knew gary when he was a high school coach out there in uh, at uh, academy at air force academy went to missouri that's how i knew him through missouri and we kept up through the eight you know through the big eight coaches and all and he, he's a good guy and Pretty funny though. He thought I could be a mask. Get, get in the masters. You mean Vince didn't offer you that, coach? 
Well, you know, I got four badges. I got to go down and watch it, but I didn't, I didn't get to my oh, hey Billy Payne, Billy Payne and some of those guys took me over there several times and I had a lot of fun, but uh, no membership. <laughs> Did you send Gary a picture from the uh, 18th green? <laughs> no, no. It's just a one-shot deal I'm telling you about, but it's really kind of ironic that that guy thought that that was a perk for George. That's hilarious. I love that. That's 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 great insider stuff. I can promise you Kirby Smart can find his way over there if he wants to. Yeah, I would think Kirby's, Kirby could probably get in right now if they, if they, <laughs> uh, if, if, if they you know, if he let it be known he wanted to be over there. But uh, the problem would be all these all his ex-players that played with him and would want to go over there with him. I don't know if they want those guys over there with him. You know, they're great guys, but it'd be funny. Like we went up to the Green Bar one time and one of my strength coaches pulled out a dip there on the first tee. <laughs> it was pretty weak. It was pretty weak. Hey, I want to tell you all about a new sandwich I just came out with over here at uh, Classic City Eats. This is their buffalo chicken sandwich. Brand new. Wow. Yeah. Now, you know, I'm, I think the buffalo chicken sandwich at the Publix is the uh, number one sandwich in the world right now. We've got a new contender. This thing looks amazing, and I, we need to wrap up the show here quick so I can eat it. So, it looks good. Yeah. Uh, let's go with this as the last question about assistant coaches. We do have some other things that, that people want to discuss, but this right. is from Dog uh, four one eight. Says regarding the defensive back coaching vacancy, does the uh, does Georgia's inexperienced secondary means that Georgia steers toward a new defensive backs coach, or is Scott Cochran valuable enough as a recruiter to justify him being the tenth assistant as special teams, presumably, or Will Muschamp as the official defensive backs coach? And I know, Coach, you've answered a lot of that, but I guess what I want to touch on is the inexperienced secondary portion of it. Does that go into any kind of decision making? No, we got. We got a lot of experience there with Kirby and Muschamp, so uh, they'll be they'll handle that. And I tell you one thing, we got talent there now. We got talent coming in here. Watch the tape. Cut on Everett and Singletary and Humphrey and Malachi Starks. I mean, good gracious, uh, you got a. We got and we got some good young guys moving up. You know, Buller and uh, the kid from uh, Lasseter. Tallahassee, I mean, excuse me, uh, from uh, Tuscaloosa, Lasseter, and to go with the other one. So our secondary, to me, will be a strength next year. I mean, we've got to get the D-line fortified here. But uh, linebackers, we got fast guys come, and we got some young guys, Washington and Walker, uh, freshmen are here, and then those defensive ends. So uh, I'm not too worried about our personnel on defense, and – I would just say my projection is Muschamp and Schumann co-coordinators, new secondary coach, going to stay the same with the special teams, with Cochran continue to be an analyst. And uh, that's my final answer. Uh, <laughs> that's a good answer. You know, one thing I'll say on UGASports.com, Anthony Dasher has a really good piece from the Senior Bowl where he talked to outgoing Georgia players that were down there and just asked, hey, who's the next guy that you're watching at the position that you played at at Georgia? Uh, and you mentioned Kamari Lasseter, and that's uh, Darion Kendrick said, that's one of the guys that I see that, you know, if he can bulk up a little bit more, a lot of potential with that kid. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that's great about 
being a second team guy on a national championship contender that ended up winning it is all the practice reps you get against the first team offense. So all of those guys have, had, have played against better competition and practice than they will see in most games next year. And hundreds of reps, I'm talking about one-on-one, pass skeleton, pass rush, just uh, over and over. So they've had a uh, baptism by fire right out there on the, on the field because of our lack of depth. They had to become depth, and they did that. And, and the other thing that we do better than anybody is special teams use on these guys where they get some pressurized work at uh, looking at what they need to do. And uh, I'm just telling you, now, our special teams – thoroughness is is really good i've seen some of our scouting reports and some of our uh the way we teach and the drills we do uh you know to avoid guys in the and just everything we do very thorough uh special teams probably as good as i've seen as far as doing stuff like that so uh you know you just don't want to pinch yourself and say we got it so good and all that because hey you know, the, the closer you get to the top of the mountain, the more the wind blows. So we're going to get a lot of best shots from everybody. But uh, this program is just is in a lot better shape today than it was six years ago. And we're going to reload. We're going to reload. I thought it was a good point when you talked about Mike Bobo coming back with uh, Drew Bobo, his uh, son, who uh, signed as an offensive lineman at UGA. Um, we mentioned this uh, the very first week of the – well, you mentioned it, and I stole it. Uh, first week of the season, we said, if just look at – Georgia looks like Alabama. Georgia looks like Ohio State. Georgia looks like Clemson. They, they, they're big. This is not Georgia of uh, when Mike Bobo left, when Ryan McClendon was here. The bigger, faster players with better facilities. And I, I love the little video they did when Ryan McClendon showed up in Kirby Smart season. You know, and they uh, – uh, give each other a hug, and then they're walking uh, Brian McClendon through the facility, and his eyes are so bloody big. He's looking around like, damn, where was this when I was here? And then yeah. He showed him his office, and he's, he's just looking around, and they're like, I, I won't, and then he, he meets, met some of his wide receivers, and he's like, holy hell. Seriously, wait till about two weeks from now when they open up that new meeting room and that cafeteria and the dressing rooms for auxiliary people and all the other so we've had half of the new building and that was smart you know by josh brooks and kirby making sure we could use what the players needed weight room training room dressing room coaches offices but now all those other things which made it very very tough because you had to go a long way to get over there to go to a meeting room or or the I mean, we're going to have that big theater room. I mean, you could play Ben Hur in there all night and sit in there and watch that. That theater room and those sleeping rooms and just it's just going to add to it. And uh, but you know, the thing we got to do though is just start over. That's the way you always do. You start with your strength program and then your spring practice and build your team. Yep. Start looking, looking forward to spring practice. Hit us up with another one there. Uh, what there. you want to do in spring practice, number one? You know, what you know what I say my number one goal in spring practice would be? Get out healthy. 
throw Darnell Washington about 50 passes a day. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. Until he, until he couldn't lift his arms anymore, Coach. <laughs> tell, tell Brock Bowers to go, go down to the Masters. <laughs> <laughs> Brock, just take, take the day off. We yeah. know what you can do. You're fine. So in that same piece from uh, Anthony Dasher, I, I want to give Devontae Wyatt a little grief because when he was asked that same question of who's the guy at your position to watch for, he said Jalen Carter. It's like, come on, Devontae. We know. Well, yeah, give us something big. I mean, really, Devontae? I mean, Javon, come on. Hey, uh, I, right now, I walked out. I say this every week, and I'm going to keep saying I walked over there the other day, when the guys were out there doing some running in the indoor after they lifted weights, and I saw Carter. I mean, guys, man. I mean, just just there in his t-shirt and shorts. I'm scary. I mean, I mean, I'm glad I'm his friend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> woo. So Devontae didn't answer the question, so we will. This is from Gilbert Peterson on the vent. Other than Jalen Carter, which defensive lineman do you expect to step up in 2022? Boy, that's going to be the answer there. If anybody can tell me that, they're going to be really a lot further along than me. I, I hope all those guys will keep developing. And uh, The same thing we talked about the secondary. Those guys are going against our old line all the time, and you, you, you know – you're going against Jamari Salyer and, uh, you know, McClendon and all those guys you got to develop. So, uh, hopefully, they'll be able to. And we got these three freshmen, too, that certainly have the size uh, coming in. So, hopefully, those guys will be able to help, too. But uh, but I would say the outside presence is going to be like no other with, uh, with Jones and uh, Williams coming in here. I just feel like those guys are hmm. – I mean, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going to project the same thing I did for Jalen Carter three years ago when I told you on the show this guy's can't miss. Williams and Jones can't miss. I mean, they just just give them a very good little uh, instructional notice of how to get to Sanford Stadium and then let them play. <laughs> Make sure they get off the box down the hill. You'll be <laughs> go through the dog go walk. There. Go through the dog walk right now, man, and line up and show them your. I mean, good lord, those guys are. Just... I, I do want to point out the. I thought when Mazir Stackhouse was in the game, I thought he made some great plays last year. He did that, that kind of quickness. That uh, that I don't say. I, Ability to get off blocks. I didn't want to say unblockability, but he got off blocks pretty well. And I thought Zion Logue was just a absolute uh, a mountain in the middle there at times. I mean, yeah, not he, quite he, Jordan Davis, but he's he's good. But that's, good. that's two, good. Guys, two guys I keep an eye on. Stackhouse speed. I mean, got ran hundred hundred yard dash in high school. So, but he weighs a lot more. And that's that's the other thing. You look at Channing Tindall at way he's playing now compared to what he. When he first got here, he just has a lot more knowledge of the game. But he just the speed factor, that's what you're going to get with Mundman and, and those guys. And, you know, Davis has been hurt and Marshall's been hurt. We really don't know about them. But but uh, we got we got good athletes there that will surface pretty quickly, I think. 
Here's a question from DRock UGA. He says, here's one for Coach Donnan as we've just passed National Signing Day. Was there a recruit while you were at Georgia that you were confident that you were going to get and they ultimately signed somewhere else in the SEC? And then on the flip side, was there one that signed with Georgia that you were a bit surprised because you thought they were going somewhere else? I mean, have we got three days and 14 nights to talk about it? I mean <laughs> – that's the whole job, right? Drive myself nuts worried about those guys of the last day. You, you know, there's always guys that flip around. Back then, you know, it was you could see them up until the last minute, and then they changed the rule where you had to stop on Sunday. But uh, of course, Marcus Stroud was starting out. There. I just didn't know what he was going to do there to the end, and you know, and then he picked up for us. That was big, but. As far as losing people, I could tell you a lot of them. Uh, three of them at one year that we lost, and a lot of it was due because of Augusta paper put that Georgia was going to be put on probation, which we were, but, you know, not to very much extent. But uh, Grant and Cozy Coleman and, you know, the running back from uh, Atlanta that went to – all three went to Tennessee. That hurt us that year to lose all three of those guys to Tennessee. I, I think that was huge. Uh, Cajun that. Dog says, how many players do you think Georgia gets from the portal and what positions do you see as Georgia's greatest needs? Well, based on our numbers right now, we got 28 or 29. We can go to 32. So I'd say three unless – we lose a couple more after spring. You just got to feel like some of these guys are going to see the handwriting on the wall. They'd like to stay here. That's why they didn't do anything. And sometimes they surface like Speed did, Brainy did. You, you would have thought they were in there to portal last year, but they they really made a significant move on our team and helped us a lot. So I, I think we'll see some guys leave. So that'll add to the portal. But uh, – you know, we might pick up a receiver, a uh, inside linebacker with experience, maybe a, a corner. But I can't really – we'll have to see what this punter does from Australia. Uh, but uh, kickoff, man, I think Zirkle's really doing a bit better job on that. Uh, I, I like pod kicking for sure. But uh, what what we got there, right? Am I just talking off the – top of my head. No, I was agreeing. I was, I was thinking of the positions they signed. I was thinking definitely a wide receiver. And they again, we, you pointed out that Georgia lost seven defensive backs last year to the you know, NFL and to the portal. You lost a bunch of defensive backs in this year. Again, you've reloaded with a bunch of them, but as go right. back two questions ago, they're very young. You know, you brought in Tyke Smith to kind of help with that uh, inexperience and, you know, too bad he got banged up a couple times. But I could definitely see if you're going to bring in a, a one-year guy, a two-year guy, you're definitely going to bring in somebody really talented. And we're seeing so many uh, big names in the portal. Uh, you know, they've gone other places. But I'm thinking after spring, Coach, you're going to see more big names. I mean, you didn't – Yeah, get, you, you, you will. From other yeah, places, too. That, that, that's what I'm saying. Uh, other other guys that you think are really happy where they're at, if they're yeah. happy at LSU or Alabama or you know, right. wherever, they're going to be options. So – you're in the catbird seat because you've got you've brought in a bunch of young guys that you can develop over three or four years, but you've got room to bring in that kind of one year that Darian Kendrick guy. So I'm definitely yeah, I mean, a wide receiver and a uh, you know a cornerback or a, uh, a safety, you know, somebody to help you out there. That's that's two spots I see you need somebody. Yeah, when you look at it, 
the, the thing that Kirby's been really good at is analyzing where we are and what we got to do and where we're going to go with it, you know. Yeah. I think one what, thing – well, real quick, Roddy. Um, well, you know what? No, do what you're doing and then I'll wrap uh, – I'll bring that thought after. I was thinking when it comes to good planning, I want people to go ahead and uh, do a little planning for our friends over at Academia Brewing Company. They're actually having a stand-up comedy show on um, – uh, February 17th. The 16th is, of course, a national holiday. Um, so nobody go to work. Nobody do anything on February 16th. But on the 17th, the day after the national holiday, be sure to swing by Academia Brewing Company for their uh, comedy show. It looks to be uh, fantastic. And, of course, uh, they actually have a, a singles night for people who are not buying uh, uh, dead socksy socks for their significant other. Uh, swing by singles night on the 11th of February. Uh, so if you don't have a uh, Valentine, come up there and uh, try a singles night from 7 to 10 o'clock. Uh, uh, drinks for a dollar, or excuse me, one drink for $7 or two drinks for 10 So if you make a friend out there, it gets a lot more uh, effective when it comes to uh, buying your drink. So uh, if you don't have a Valentine this year, swing by Academia Brewing Company on the 11th. And if you want to go out for a good comedy show, do that on the 17th of February. A lot of fun stuff going on out there. Uh, just spoke to Matt Casey, the uh, guy who came up with the whole concept, you know, the owner operator out there. Uh, they've got a lot of new stuff coming, so be sure to swing by Academic Brewing Company for great beer, great food, and even more uh, facility upgrades. They're doing a ton out there. And, of course, today is a Tuesday. I know last week we did a show on a Wednesday, uh, but we're, the fact it's a Tuesday means it's double points day at uh, any of our Your Pie locations. So if you want the... Uh, uh, gelato, you want the uh, new pizzas, you want the sandwiches, any of the fun stuff they have out there. If you order it on the app today, you get double the points. So be sure to hit up any of the uh, your pie locations, get double points on your app. Don't miss out. It's a Tuesday, double points Tuesday. And trust me, those points add up incredibly fast. All right, what, uh, what were you going to say there? Well, two things. One, you had mentioned stand-up comedy. If you go to our YouTube page, uh, you can see Jeff Foxworthy calling the dogs at his show at Fox Theater on Saturday. Brent Rollins and and I were there, and uh, that was a good time. It was a really good show. And special and guest of Mr. Foxworthy, friend of the program, Jeff Foxworthy. Um, yeah, I think Brent had fun going to Will Call and saying, "Hey, Jeff Foxworthy, left me some tickets. Thanks." That's um, pretty badass. <laughs> I'm not sure if he said it that way, but that's how I imagine. He better have. <laughs> What I was going to say, though, is that this portion on the calendar has really been compressed because of how long that Georgia played and the date of that national championship game. To my understanding, the typical meetings that you have with coaches uh, to kind of define, here's where I'm at, here's what we think you should do, those haven't happened to at least full extent yet. Uh, but the other thing, like the usual off-season banquet, hasn't been able to happen, and coaches have had their vacations. And so th this whole time right here in February really gets compressed rest at this point so there's a lot of roster management that i think you're not going to know anything out until after spring practice right and the, we got spring break coming up the week before too so uh, just try to build up your strength gains here with without the coaches they've been on the road the, the kids have been doing a lot of strength training and uh and one of the things you always do uh, which our coaches are involved with right now that the analysts kind of put together is a self-scout, which means look at what we did good, look what we did bad, what, look at some of the things that other teams are doing, and get a plan going into spring based on what your roster's strengths and weaknesses are and who you got and who you want to accentuate and who you want to develop. And 
player personnel, uh, like you say, one-on-one meetings, I think are really big. I always felt like bring you in the, in the, to, to the office and, uh, and then talk to them on a one-on-one and say, this is where you are. This is where, where I think you uh, need to improve. This is where you made improvement last year. And going forward, uh, this is what I, I need from you. What are your goals? How do you feel like you fit in the program? And be realistic in how you communicate because that's what you don't want to give a kid false hope, hope or false idea about it. And uh, that really works pretty well. Uh, it, it really is a good indicator of, uh, of where he stands and what his chances are. And one thing to think about, too, when we say roster management, it's not just Darnell Washington and seeing kind of where he thinks his future is. It's a lot of these scout team guys, the ones that are trying to go get their shot somewhere else because the roster doesn't show that here. That takes work to make sure that you have the right people involved to be able to give the starters to look at what they're doing. And there's some guys that have been doing that for three and four years at Georgia that they're trying to get one more shot. It's it, That's a big piece of the program. And for the fans out there, it's really – critical to have a tremendous uh, video uh, group here. Let's just say that you're a walk-on wide receiver and you go into the video guy and say, look, I need to sh- need to get some shots of me. I don't have any game tape. I want to see some of me running some individual routes, some, some p- pass skeleton, some team routes, and build up a little repertoire and get a, a tape together. And then you put that together and you send it to a D2 school or one double A and say, this is what I've been able to do in practice. I haven't been able to get on the field here, but you can see my skill level. It's kind of like watching a high school tape of a guy, but now he's in college. And uh, that those, there's some really good uh, guys running the scout team out there. You know, I mean, they're doing some – Kirby's not going to let somebody pr- pr- play like an Alabama running back or wide receiver that doesn't have ability, you know, so – we got some really good walk-ons that sometimes don't really hit the front uh, as far as people understanding where, where they are. But that's why we, we lose some good players that we've developed that can't get on the field. But you want the best for them where they can go and play. Let's wrap up with this question. It's a bit of a generic one, so uh, maybe we'll have to, to test our work later on. From Chrome Dog, he says, who do you guys see taking the biggest step forward based on playing time and confidence gained last season? Please pick one from offense and defense. So uh, kind of who are our eyes on offense and defense kind of going into spring based on confidence and, and maybe some increased playing time? Go ahead. I'll go last since I'm the oldest. I'm going to let Roddy go first on this then since he's the boss man. Uh, look, give, give me an offensive lineman. Give me uh, give me a Marius Mims. Just, uh, Who you got on defense? Defense, you're going to have to – I'm, I'm going to stick with uh, Stackhouse. Just, you know, got, the, got a taste of it, got a taste of what it can be like to get in there and just uh, break up – and, again, I'm going with availability. Where's, where's room to play? You know, where's the guy actually going to get a shot? Maybe uh, – maybe, it's tough. I don't see Mims moving in as a guard, but I definitely see Stackhouse getting some uh, – Marlon Dean getting some work on the line. But we'll go with uh, Stackhouse just as a guy that's like, look, all of a sudden, Devontae Wyatt's not there. I, there's room for me to play, and he's chomping at the bit to get out on the field. I'm going to go with those two as my guys that we saw just for a second who should feel a lot more confident going into their uh, – being a year older and having more opportunities. On defense, I'm going to go smile Munden. Uh, I've heard a lot of good stuff, and, and he's obviously going 
going to have an opportunity with so much turnover at inside linebacker on offense. My eyes are on the running back room because you lose two guys at a position where four guys typically played. Assuming he remains here, because I heard had heard rumblings about him, potential eyes in the transfer portal, but he's still here right now. If Dejan Edwards is still here, I think he's a big piece of Georgia's offense next season. That's good picks. Big good picks. I'm going to go with Milton. I feel like the opportunity is going to be there for him to really surface, and I really don't think he's injury prone. He just had some things happen that, that, that happened. You know, he just can't really – figure it out, uh, what happens there. And then uh, on defense, I'm going to go with uh, Lassiter making a real move there at corner uh, just because of his experience. And, uh, you know, Everett's going to be in here for the spring, and he's a really good-looking kid. But I, I would say those two. I want to mention uh, Dumas Johnson because – You don't get to mention that. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying <laughs> that's a guy who – when you mentioned Smile Monday, and I thought oh, – that I mean, had that, he had that great pick in the practice, and then he. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with my guy, but. Okay, that's. That, I just wanted to bust you. Up I know that, that that's a that's a, that's gonna be that's a tough call because I we talk opportunity and a guy that can come in and absolutely uh, from that maturation that uh, confidence going back to the question you know who has more confidence I'm thinking that guy came in confident as hell snatching balls out of practice <laughs> snatching interceptions out of the air in practice and then doing it in a game. That's another guy who's been, uh, I think, chopping at the bit. But I'm sticking with my uh, Stackhouse guy. Anyway. Hey, let's hey, wrap the show by making thing, fun of – One thing you can wrap the show up with is a Johnson & Johnson. Oh, yeah. Is, is Harris Jackson and Blaylock. I think both these guys coming off major injuries, not being able to play, got that taste in their mouth, leaders. I could see both of them making a big move here in the spring. I'm going to wrap the show by by making fun of Florida and uh, Coin Rookie ask who were George's Nutrition Athletes of the Awards uh, at Nutrition Athlete Awards go to this week? Uh, and Florida put that out on their social media with their Nutrition of the Week winners or something hey, like we, that. That's the other thing we continue to lose people in, in assistant roles that move up. Uh, our assistant nutritionist went to Miami as the head nutritionist. Our assistant strength coach went to Miami as, as a second in charge. Uh, so it's hard to, you, you lose some good young people too, because you're they're, they're looking to get people from Georgia. So uh, there's always a chance for people to move in here and help out. So, uh, you know, we, we've got some people behind the scenes that have got that taste in their mouth of trying to prove themselves on a national championship team, you know, new nutritionist helper, new ops guy, all these things work and you guys in the strength. So those are all benefits. I think getting these people that are trying to make their mark, but they haven't made it here, but now they're here. So that's another good thing. I think. Very true. Anyway, uh, I think that's all the questions. Isn't it? it is. Uh, and I uh, like Robert Barnes. What about Arik Gilbert? Hey, we're only allowed to mention so many guys. I was told yeah, that's following a, the rules. Let me just tell you, that's a given. That's going to happen. I mean, uh, um, that is going to happen. Gilbert's going to. You can't mention everybody, Coach. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> you talked about somebody that, that's going to surprise you. He's not going to surprise me. He's going to. Yeah. It's a given. I mean, everybody. Well, you know, hey, listen, the kid went through a lot, and he yeah. wants to be here, and. More power to him, and uh, 
I guarantee you, we line up there with Bowers and Gilbert and Washington and wide receivers and Milton and, and uh, McIntosh, uh, Bennett at quarterback and this offensive line. We scored 73 touchdowns this year, the most ever in Georgia history, or 72. That was a good job that stats did, uh, McMahon, on all these breakdowns on our stats. But most touchdowns in Georgia history, we didn't even partly play offense in the fourth quarter, any games. Uh, we'll, we'll break that record next year. I love it. Uh, so speaking of next year, we're talking about next week. We will see you uh, next Tuesday at noon. And a big shout-out to our podcast sponsors uh, at uh, Classic City Eats, where I'm at right now. Of course, Athens Ford, Academic Brewing Company, Dead Soxy, and Your Pie. And we thank all of you for tuning in. We will see you next Tuesday at noon. Take care.